Hey guys, welcome to the Creative Chats podcast. My name is Leslie Bradley. I'm a local Gold Coast filmmaker, photographer. And on today's episode, I'm here with my good friend, Seth Labressi. Uh, he is a filmmaker, photographer, cinematographer, and uh, we actually went to uni together, didn't we? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah so welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Uh, so today's episode, we're just going to talk about um, uni, filmmaking, cinematography, and uh, what you're doing now in the field. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so uh, tell me from the very beginning, uh, how'd you get into it, cinematography, uh, what made you want to get into it? Yeah, right. Um, so well and truly before uni, yeah, uh, yep, yep. Yeah, get close yeah, to the work. Yeah, yeah no there. personal space there. Personal um, space. <laughs> so before, well and truly before uni, I used to train parkour. Okay. So me and a good mate of mine, we started training parkour quite regularly. And as you know, with any of those sort of sports, you get like parkour videos, skateboard videos, BMX videos, whatever. Yep. So I started making the videos just on my iPad. Okay. And I found that I would very easily go to a training session and be happy with just filming the day yeah, rather than training. And I started making little edits on iMovie on my iPad and like, you know, well, crappy, that would be an experience. <laughs> crappy in hindsight, crappy in hindsight, but like that was a lot of fun. So I started branching from there and researching into the world of video production and filming. So, uh, after that, oh, even closer. Yeah. Even closer, man. All right. Get up like this. Oh, sexy. Yes, man. ASMR. 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 <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah, so no, I um, I realized after that I wanted to shoot video. So with the help of my parents, I did some sort of like on – I did some courses at like NIFA Australia. Uh, uh, what's that? I'm sorry? NIFA, so New York Film Academy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I did a course at New York Film Academy while I was still in high school. And How long did that go for? That was only a week. It was a, it was an intense course, but right. it was a it was a week of really hands on cinematic filmmaking, which in grade eleven I had no idea existed. Once I come out of that week, I'm like, this is what I'm doing. And what were you using, like DSLRs, cinema, uh, like quality, like Hollywood movie cameras? Nah, or? we were. I don't even know what it was. Like back then, I had no idea what it was. Even if I saw what we were using now, I wouldn't know what it was. It was, <laughs> it was some like old school. You could attach a lens to handy it. cam. <laughs> Dude, I don't even know if it was a fixed lens or not. Oh, it was something. Oh, it was cheap. One of those. I don't know. Like I don't know. New York Film Academy was just like, ah, oh, these are just the teenagers here for the boot camp. I ah, just give them the cheap shit. Yeah, I don't know. But either way, it was great fun. We didn't make anything particularly fantastic. It was just more that introduction to the world of lighting directing yep. cinematography so after that um i went full steam ahead uh got into a uni course for bachelor of film which i met you on yeah and then uni really steered me straight with wanting to be a cinematographer because i came into uni like oh, i want to be a director yeah like everyone everyone wants to be a director everyone wants to be a director but yep. um after the first year i'm like nah cinematographer is where i'm at yep uh so uni was really good I credit uni, when people ask me how was uni, I credit it full-heartedly for steering me in the correct direction. Right. But that's where I stopped crediting it. Now, different people have different experience with uni, and I like I fully understand that. Yep. So many people get so many things out of uni and others don't. I got the direction from uni, but when it came to knowledge and education, hands down, I think, alternative resources 
are much more efficient, much yeah. more effective. And that's what I pursued. So there was a certain point in uni where you were just going to classes and learning about shit that a YouTube video five minutes long would tell you. Exactly. You know, like <laughs> everyone sort of has that in the back of their head. Like, oh, I'm sure this lecture could be quicker than this. But um, Oh, absolutely. Like they just go on about certain topics that you're like, okay, well, just give me the facts, put it into a video that I can re-watch multiple times mm. in order to get the information. It's across. not only that, it's just the YouTube videos and filmmakers on YouTube would also be a lot more hands-on with the application yeah. of that learning. And I just really gravitated to that. Now, I'm not yep. saying I credit my learning to YouTube. It's also a matter of going out there and actually doing it. Absolutely. Um, and uni, I feel, can sometimes cater to that. But most of the time, there, were too, there was too much paperwork to just try and mm. get a camera out. Um, there's too much regulation around uni uh, equipment. You yeah, couldn't go I mean, shoot what you wanted to. It's a big sort of debate you know, whether to go to uni or not. Um, yeah. I spoke a little bit about this in the in the first podcast with Anne. And, you know, like, you know, what do you do? Like, do you go to uni, rack up all this debt? Um, you know, I mean, uni can be great, you know what I mean, uh, for some people. But it, like you said, it's not for everyone. Uh, you're going to no. have, you know, go in there. with If you have no knowledge, mm. you know, I think it's a great, start but for me like it was networking it was like the biggest thing mm. you know what i mean mm. uh coming over to queensland and you know one so that was like one of the biggest reasons why i wanted uni but you know for you going, going into as a cinematographer you uh had already filmed previously outside so you know well, yeah, I had I had some base experience. Like I came into uni and where other people may have been like, oh, what's aperture? What's shutter speed? I already knew all that. Yeah. And I'm not saying like my knowledge was particularly higher than the average. I'm just saying I was at a stage in uni when I got into uni where I was itching to make films. I was already ready yeah. to make films. Like, yeah, they were crappy. Yeah. Um, but like I was at that stage where I just wanted to be making them because I knew the technicality behind it. And uni was a bit slow in that regard. Yeah. So why then, if you wanted to just go make thing, make films and whatnot, why did you choose uni rather than just go and make? Well, because when I signed up for uni, because I had already, I'd previously done the New York Film Academy course, and that was a taster, like, hey, this is the life you want. And I'm right. like, hell yeah, I want that. And, you know, I was raised in a household where my parents are very pro-uni, Pro education. My mum's a principal. I mean, wow. I can't really escape that whole education yep. circuit. <laughs> Good grades. So, yeah, right. Uh, so <laughs> pretty early on, it was drummed into my head that the only way forward, career-wise, is higher education. Yeah. I had no clue that filmmaking was something that was much broader than just formal education. Something right. that you didn't need certificates for. You just needed the aptitude. You needed the 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 motivation, and yeah, eventually the skills. But you can build that yep. out on the field. You can make mistakes out there while you're young and learn from them. And when you're that young and you're, you're looking to get started in filmmaking, the people you're working for or working with, you're going to do a lot of free work at that stage. So yeah. it doesn't yeah. really matter so much. I think much that's a given with filmmaking. You're going to do free work to yeah. start off with. So and at then that stage when you're doing free work, if you screw up or something – who cares? The guys you're working with won't care. It's just yeah. a learning process. And you, you learn 10 times more out there doing it than in uni. But Absolutely. in saying that, uni was still great for giving me the direction yeah. I wanted. Because that, yeah. that would have introduced you to a lot of um, new gear that I'd imagine you wouldn't have used before. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, uni, uni was good because they paid the big bucks for 
the gear yep. you would just use casually. Uh, yep. But like I said, I would have preferred more of a system where you could present an idea to university and be like, hey, I want to go film this. You know, this is good for my career, my potential learning for X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Can I use the gear? That wouldn't have happened. I mean, some universities, some universities do do that. And I, I have friends where they went to a certain university that was just like, yeah, sure, have the gear for the weekend. We would that be it. a part of the course or would that be like you do your classes and then in your free time rent out the gear? Well, yes, I had to do that sneakily. Oh, some insight, eh? Well, oh, I'm, not the only, I'm not the Detail. only one to have done it. Well, like, yeah, um, me and a few of my f- uh, friends I studied with, we'd we'd rent the gear from, by rent, I mean, use the gear from Griffith. Yeah. Um, can I say Griffith? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'd say Griffith, yeah. Yeah, cool. Calling yeah. me out, Griffith. Yeah, we studied at uh, Griffith University in South Bank. It's yeah. a, I, I do like it. It's a good school, so. Well, that's what I mean. Some people get more out of it than others. Yes. Yeah. I'm not saying uni's crap. It's That's not. It. I'm. I fully hands down credit my current position to having gone to uni. Yeah. It obviously fast tracks a lot of things, but not doesn't fast track everything. No. Yeah. Um. But no, like I said, we'd we'd borrow the gear for a legitimate university project. Project. Yeah. And then we'd piggyback off that same weekend on our own project. Nice. So that way we could, you get know, more use out of it. Get more use out of it. Create more content. Create things that are a little less, let's say regulated, you know, more fun. You know, like if yeah. you want to hang out of a car to get the particular <laughs> shot, you do something Shooting like that. water, mm-hmm. hang out of a helicopter. If you have the budget. If you, I mean, yeah, if you have a budget or you have like a, an uncle that flies, I mean, that'd be kind of handy. Hell yeah. yeah. I wish I had that. <laughs> yeah, so no, that, that, was, um, that was pretty much my uni experience. And um, it's actually, I'm actually still in uni because, oh. because of what, because of that approach I took where I cared more about the outside learning right. than the courses themselves, I actually slowed my education down so I'd do half the amount of courses needed. So that way I had the time to go out there and earn money through my filmmaking, get onto bigger, better experiences. Because normally the course goes for three years. Yeah, and normally. This is the, like your fourth year? Yeah, so the course is yeah. a three-year course. Uh, I'm now in my fourth year finishing off just one more subject. And that's because in the second and third year of uni, like I mentioned earlier, I realized that I had more value and potential learning from outside of uni. Yep. So I, I dropped the amount of courses I did per semester to allow me the freedom to go do the, that other stuff. And Interesting. I, and I full-heartedly back that decision. It's so it was a good decision you made? Good decision. Yeah. I would, yeah, like I'm at a comfortable stage right now where I'm confident that at least every second day I'll have a job, a paid filmmaking job. Most lately it's been every day. Yeah. And I would not have that financial stability coming from filmmaking if I had focused on uni 100%. Yeah. Because most people during that three years, they roster out, because uni gives you sort of a, a general timetable as to when you would do certain classes because certain classes only happen certain times of the year. Yeah. And for the majority are like, I myself, I sort of followed that that sort of schedule that they outlined, and so that would finish you at three years. But if you drop, say, one or two classes per semester, then you'd have to do a fourth year in order to complete some of those major courses, which is exactly what you've done. Yeah, allowing you to film those outside projects. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah. I've I've liked that approach. It's obviously meant uni drags on a bit. Yeah, uh, but look. 
I have the time to be able to focus on career-defining things that yep. you know give me gives me the network I want, gives me the financial opportunity I want. Because I I stopped I stopped being a bartender back in like first year of uni. Right. I, I really wanted to just go hard and freelance. So you didn't have a job whilst at uni? Not for most of it. Um, no, not really. Probably second year of uni and half of the third year, so only a year and a half ago, yep. I was a freelancer. I didn't have a normal job. But yep. freelancing, holy hell, did it not pick up straight away. <laughs> you are you are broke. You were thinking that it's gonna be a great time. story. You've you quit your job, nah. you're at uni and you go to freelance nah, and you're nah. saying you got nothing. It very rarely works out like <laughs> some of those like there's some great YouTubers out there or filmmakers in general. They don't have to be on YouTube, but they'll have these amazing stories of like, I knew what I wanted and I quit my job and I just went full time filmmaker. And look, that can happen. Yeah, no, I've actually followed a, uh, a YouTube channel where they started a production company and, you know, they're sending off emails and things like that. And one of the um, uh, people in the studio production company thing knows someone in like a big company that wants some production work done. So that was sort of like their first job. And it's just like it's so easy going into it. And and that brings us back to what you just said, brings us back to that really famous um, saying in the industry. It's not what you know, it's who you know. Yeah. And that's hands down true for a lot of the time. But it's also who knows you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I remember yeah. Sue Swinburne say that. I'm like, well, that's actually pretty, pretty interesting because for so long, like you could know 20 people, but out of those 20, who's going to remember you when they need work? Mm -hmm. I'm like, wow, that's actually like kind of mind blowing in a way. You know what I mean? And sort of like twist, twist that old saying. Mm -hmm. Talk me a little more about, uh, working as a freelance and doing uni at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So I probably stopped working as a bartender. So like general normal work, I probably stopped that just entering year two. And okay. it was a bit of a hard stop because I was already at the time, I was really insistent to myself on, you know, you should quit. You should become a freelancer. You should start getting paid for the skills you have. You should start making this work. You, you thought three years would, was probably too much. Yeah, definitely. I yeah. wanted to be earning money through my craft well and truly before I finished uni because my mindset from the very start, like even going into uni, I knew this. If I did not finish uni and at the same time be able to leverage my skills financially, have the contacts I need and have developed the professional network to be able to sustain me financially, then I failed uni. Yeah. I think that was a big criteria for me. I yeah. needed to finish uni strong already in the industry. I did not want to be one of the stereotypical, you know, like three years of film school and then you go and work at Macca's for the next five years yeah. while you fund your short film. Because that transitioning out of uni, because a lot of people go into uni thinking that, okay, I'm going to, as soon as I finish uni, I'm going to get all these jobs and things like that coming in. I'm going to go work on Hollywood films, blah, blah, blah. But it doesn't happen. No, that doesn't happen unless <laughs> you make that happen before you finish uni. Yeah. That's that. That's the thing I didn't want to be doing. A lot of people, they will, a lot of people will be like, okay, three years of uni, I'll study my ass off for three years and there's nothing wrong with that. Not at all. Yeah, no. 
Absolutely. But the delusion is that a lot of people will be like, I'll study my ass off for three years and then I'll look for work. No. No. You have to do you that are, simultaneously. Oh, yeah. You are at the bottom of the food chain the second you finish uni. If you rock up to, if you go into someone's office, you find a contact, you email a director, you email someone and you're like, hey, I just finished you. Uh, I just finished film school. I'm fresh out. I've I got A pluses all time. I would love to get some experience on your shoot. They'd be like, okay, what else have you worked on? What experience do you have? What experience do you have? <laughs> I don't care what grade you got. What experience do you have? And you'll say, oh well, nothing. Yeah. I, I did a uni short film. They don't care. No. And look, it's 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 easier to get experience while you're still studying. Because yeah. you don't carry that stigma in other people's eyes of their recent film school graduate. No. And they don't have experience. But if you're still studying, they're going to commend you on like balancing that experience slash study. And they're going to be like, yeah, if you're still studying, come on, get the experience. But yeah. the second you've graduated, you need something behind you to back you. Yeah, that's a weird thing to like, you bring up an important point. It's like, th- th- there's like a, a difference between studying and having graduated mm, when going definitely. out, you know what I mean? Like, cause whilst you're studying, people are more than willing to help you gain experience mm-hmm. and exposure and things like that. But once you've graduated, it's like, well, you know, this, I think there's uh, a little it's bit fight of or flight at that stage. Yeah. A bit of expectation that they have to pay you then. You know what I mean? So there's a little bit of a, a barrier there. Yeah. I, I mean, I'd argue it's not so much the whole payment thing. I mean, um, it's not the whole thing, it, but like, yeah, but, might, but that's in there. That's in there. Yeah, definitely. But I think once you've graduated, you need to know you need to know your shit to at least a baseline level once yeah. you've graduated. You you can no longer beg for people to give you work. You're saying that the people that you're reaching out to have a higher expectation of you that you know your craft? Sometimes maybe, yeah. I mean, look, if well, let's flip it. Let's put it into a law degree. Yeah. If you've finished 4 years of law, you can bet your ass off an employer wants you to know your shit yeah. after you graduate. Absolutely. I think it's the same thing with film. And and particularly with film because not everyone goes to university for film. Not everyone does. You don't need to. No. But a lot of the people that will be pay- will be hiring you, they might not have gone to film school. So if you've gone through the effort, the financial expenditure and the time to actually study an official course in filmmaking, hell yeah, they expect you to know your shit. Yeah. So I think my main point I'm trying to make is that when you're in uni, do not solely rely on uni to give yeah. you your experience. Uni is fantastic for some skill line level. You need to take that and you need to ramp that shit up yeah. while you're at uni. You want to finish uni on the strongest position you can because when you finish uni, you know what else is trying to you know who else is trying to get that job you're looking at? The all other three hundred students. All three hundred other students you just graduated with. And that's it. And like if they took the time to go get experience out there, why the hell are you gonna get the job if you didn't? And it's not just the students that are in your cohort, your oh. year. There's the there's, if the, you, there's the year that graduated before, before you, before you two, again. three years that are coming after and you as well. And there's the and there's the savvy people that are the year under you still getting yeah, the job. Absolutely. Two years under you. They just ended yeah. film school. Yeah, well, they're, they're that's pr- crazy. they probably got the job as well because they're taking the time and the initiative to do yeah. what they want to do outside of university. They're just saying, fuck it, let's just go do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Literally, and that's and that's the biggest thing. You just And that's also the road it. that you took as well. It's like you wanted to build up the experience whilst doing uni yeah. so that coming out of it, 
you'd weather that that transition a little bit easier into mm. work that you're doing now. Mm. Yeah. So speaking of that, what what are you doing now? Like how how did you transition out of uni right. to where you are now? So as I said before, I I dropped a few courses in uni to do them later. Like I deferred courses. So right now I'm in my fourth year. I've got one course left. I'm finishing my last course right now. And Oh, lost track. But the point I was making was that probably at the end of second year, I started putting more emphasis on finding freelance work. So I'm talking corporate event videography, right? Like yeah. something that pays the bills. Going out, filming content for other people. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Um, and that was slow. I was broke for like a year and a half. I, I was still living with my parents, uh, you know, I wasn't paying rent and I couldn't, I had no money. And that was very tricky because any money I did get went straight back into my gear to develop and invest in my craft. I didn't had your parents sort of take that, you know what I mean? Cause like you're not paying rent, you're going to uni, you put all the money that you have into gear. Like the support from your parents must've been huge. They, they were very supportive and still are with my, with my dedication to the craft and financially as well. But obviously my parents are very education background people. My mom's a principal. They were very insistent that I don't lose track of the importance of education. So, so long as I finished my degree, and that's probably another reason I didn't drop out. My yeah. parents would have killed me. And <laughs> I, at that, I was still under their roof. So I'm yeah. like, yeah, look, if they want me to finish uni, that's I, I got to do that. Yeah. Um, but no, they're very supportive with it. And I mean- if I could reinvest my earnings into my craft, I could get more jobs, more diverse jobs. Because for the longest time, I couldn't get a real estate job. I didn't mm. have a wide enough lens. Yeah. You know, like my competitors had wider lenses that looked better. Yeah. So until I until I was able to buy that lens, now I get a lot of real estate work because I can nice. show off the home the way they want. And that's not yeah. me saying you can't do real estate if you don't have the right gear. It's not me saying that. It's just... Yeah. Passively reinvesting into your craft was something yeah. I saw a lot of value in. But I think like as well, like a, t- uh, a point that we can make is that, yes, you don't need the gear to go film these sort of things, but like a lot of people just spend a lot of money on gear. Like, oh, a new camera came out. Bam, I'm going to spend a few thousand dollars on that. Oh, you know, this lens is like really good for, you know, I'll go buy that. But it's like, don't buy gear because it, it's good and nice. Buy it because you need it for that specific thing. And buy it because you know how to use it. Exactly. Because that's a that's a gripe of mine when people are like, oh, I'm going to try this whole filmmaking thing. Try it. Keyword, yep. they try. They haven't yep. done it yet. And then they're like, oh, what's the best gear out there? I'm going to buy that. They buy all these thousands of dollars worth of equipment and they don't know how to use it. Absolutely. I am so, I am such an advocate for starting out on crap. Yeah. Buy no, the absolutely. cheapest goddamn thing you can and learn on it. Learn on it until you're shooting with it and you become frustrated that it doesn't do what you know you can do. Yeah. The gear needs to evolve with you, not before you. That's that's the biggest thing. Yeah. I no, say. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's wholeheartedly what I've practiced as well. I won't yeah. buy something until I know. I am ready to apply it effectively. Yeah, because, uh, you know, like a lot of people like, oh, the new Blackmagic came out. That's fantastic. It shoots, you know, 12K and 6K. Well, notice and how there's a lot of those up for sale now. 
Because a lot of people bought it. Absolutely. And now no one can use it. Yeah. So that's the, a lot of the 4Ks because are Because they're sale. like, you know, the R5. Okay, it shoots, well, 8K, something 8K. like that. Realistically, who's going to watch an 8K? You don't need it. No. So don't buy the R5 if you don't need it. Buy, uh, you know, if you have the cash, uh, a 1DX or a 5D Mark IV or three or something like that. You know, I'm rocking a Canon 5D Mark III. Like, it's a good camera like it was good when it came out and it's still good now you know what i mean like just because time goes on the features don't change you know what i mean and like you know i don't need the 4k i don't need the 8k things like that most people are watching my content in 1080 so i don't need to invest in that but once i start doing client work 4k might come on the cards and i might need to invest in something like that or a wider sure. lens but you know your point is that you know don't buy gear unless you fully know how to use it how to use it and have a need for it, definitely. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So I feel like I've sidetracked your initial question no, there. No, that's on the fine. Whole. This is a conversation flowing back and forth between friends. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely, mate, definitely. Um, but I will swing back to your original question yeah. on the balance between uni and freelance. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was it. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so like I said, that whole freelance transition was slow as hell for like over a year. No money, very little work, right? Just the odd thing I could grab. And that that's largely due to a lack of network, right? Yep. I was, and then after that, I was very lucky to have a mutual contact that got me in touch with a, like a young guy that owns his own production company in Brisbane, focuses on corporate, low level, low budget sort of stuff, yep. but consistency, right? Since I met him, I've been his right-hand man in content creation for over a year and maybe a year and a half by now. Nice. And so what's that, what that has allowed me to do is to get a consistent baseline of work that has allowed me to reinvest and live off that money. Now that's very, that's very freelance. Like I won't have a brief for half the shoots I do. Right. Like it's just time, location, boom, you rock up, you go, you meet the client and you're like, No hey, planning, just go there. No planning. It's just like, because that kind of content which I'm very adept at now because obviously I've been doing it every day for the last year and a half. Right. Is you rock up and there's mainly just a few types of video you make. Testimonial, sit down in front of a light, sing their heart out on how great the product is. Right. A video business card, which is like a generic, uh, you know, who this business is, what they do, why you should buy from us with some pretty B-roll. And stuff where it's like, promotional product promotional or real estate is promotional when yeah. it comes down to it as well as promoting the house so that's the sort of work i've been doing that's my bread maker that i've been doing and that was easier to balance with uni initially because of it wasn't it hadn't ramped up to like yeah. an everyday sort of thing but then as that did ramp up i did take a step back from uni and take a course off my plate or two and then just deferred nice. it so i'm at the stage now where i'm i'm working most days uh, most days a week, I will I will have one of those corporate jobs, yep. and I only have one course in university that I'm yep. juggling with right now, so it's not too bad. But in saying that, time wise is fine in juggling. It's just a matter of motivation juggling. Now, when you start, right. when you start, you know, when you start getting paid for this type of work, and you've gone through uni to get work and you being paid and you live off it and it's consistent and you know how to do it well, then you sit down and you do a uni course that's like, okay, well, here are the basics of that. 
that you're getting paid to do. And it's like, it, it does, it does conflict I'm learning about the things I filmed yesterday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it is. It's a bit like that. Cat um, and mouse sort of thing. Yeah, right. So it does, it does destroy a bit of motivation, but you also got to keep the bigger picture in mind with finishing the university course. You know, like my parents would like me to, I'd like to do that for them. Um, yep. I've sunk however many dozens of thousands of dollars into student into fees. Okay, sure, I might as well get a piece of parchment that says you finish. Yeah, but you don't need it. I don't need it. You don't I, need I'm, it. Never gonna, I'm never going to use that bachelor no. ever in my life. And I know that, <laughs> and I'm fine with that, but some people might. Yeah. Because yeah. a film degree isn't just a degree that gets you corporate work or short film narrative work, right? It's not. It could, it could lead you into a role of producing. It could ro- lead you into a role of... Um, Set design, uh, directing. So um, many different avenues. But not only that, it could also lead you into more office-style work in production companies. You don't have to be the person with the hands on the camera. It could be more admin-based. If if you like planning things, you can do that. If you like the more paperwork, if you like finance, cool. If you like reviewing films but not making them, yeah, sure, that's another avenue. I think, if anything, it's sort of... uh, being a three or four year course, it shows dedication to a craft. You know what I mean? And that it's sort of like a bit of accomplishment as well. Like I've spent the last three years working my ass off and I've got this little certificate here, which probably means nothing. I love going how you say to, little certificate. Well, you know, A4 size, you know, it's kind of, yeah, hey, mate, how you going? How are you uh, doing? <laughs> he's a fan of the podcast. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean? Like uh, you don't need that at the end of the day. You're not going to go up to a production company like, hey, I've got a certificate here. No, no. Let me in. But at the end of the day, like it's, you know, for me as well, like it was a little bit of accomplishment. Like, oh, okay. You know, although I'm not going to use that to get into places like, okay, I've spent the last three years. I've worked my ass off. i got this. Now the real work starts. Let's push it. Yeah. I, I mean- I I know, and everyone keeps telling me like, oh, you you want to finish? You know, it'll feel real good when you finish. But I mean, it's not going to make a difference to no. me. <laughs> I've, no. I, I I already know that when I graduate and, and I get that piece of paper, you I'm just going to be like, for you, you know what yeah, I mean? like that. That's the path I I, I yeah. know, and that doesn't bother me. I'm not going to particularly celebrate when I finish uni because to me, it feels like I'm not a student anymore. Yeah, I work more than I study. So You're just going to finish off the essay. I just got to finish off send the damn it off essay and be like, right, delete everything I've done and just, just in case I fail, I'll keep it. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, just no, I'm kidding. <laughs> nah, um, no, but that's what I mean. Like, I, I will graduate. I'll finish. But yep. at that stage, it's like, okay, nothing's changed. I'm already set, and that comes back to what I said before. I want to finish uni and be set with the network and have the work behind me and continue getting work. Yep. When I finish uni, I will have already done that. So yeah. I will have finished uni doing what I set out to do by the time I finish uni. So I'm happy with that. Nice. That was my goal. The certificate was not. Yeah. So that's the point. I'm and that's quite there. interesting as well. Like you bring up goals, like, you know, going to uni, like what is your goal in doing this? You know what I mean? Like, is it to, you know, finish the course and then do work or is it to you know, do work, like to meet, network with people? Like one word was when I went into uni. I had one goal from uni and it's one word, focus. Yeah. That is it. I, uni, if it gave me nothing but a focus in my career and direction, then I'm happy. Mm. That's all I wanted because I knew, I kind of I knew pretty early on that uni alone was not going to give me the skill and education right. I needed. I needed to go do my own stuff on top of uni. 
And yeah. I did do that. And so, but it gave you guidance as to where you wanted to go. It gave me guidance, direction, focus. That's what I mean. And and uni did do that. Like I said, I, do you think I went you in- could find that outside of doing uni? Like, do you need uni yeah. to have focus and guidance? Yeah, you can. You can definitely get focus and guidance outside of uni. Right. But oh, sorry, the difference is when you go to. Everyone knows about university. Right. Everyone finishes high school and they're like, university is an option. Yeah. Cool. That's on the cards. Right. And that will give you your focus. You just know going into it will give you that direction. Yep. Not everyone can finish high school and be like, oh, you know, my uncle is a filmmaker. I can just go have a conversation with him. Uh, my friend, m- one of my best friends, he's a filmmaker or he's doing this. I can just go talk to him what he thinks. Yeah. It's very rare you can be in that knowledge mindset because, look, if you finish high school and you're at this crossroad where it's like, do I go to uni? You don't get this magical Martin Scorsese rock up at your door and be like, hey, kid, these are the dire- these are the options you have. You don't get yeah. that. So for me, when I graduated high school, it was very much uni will give me what I want. Nice. I didn't have the whole YouTube route. I didn't have the whole knock on people's doors. I didn't know anyone that else that did filmmaking. So uni was that direction and that focus for me. Nice. And wholeheartedly, it did give me that. But mm. obviously, in hindsight, if I knew about the YouTube community, the filmmaker community, and I and I knew about the fact that you don't need a degree to do it, yeah, I probably would have sunk a bit more time into researching that. Right. But I didn't know that at the stage. Yeah. So. I mean, with social media now, like there's heaps of Facebook groups, there's heaps of Instagram accounts that you can just message you like, hey, look, I'm straight out of high school. I'm yep. like, wanting, yep. I'm testing out the waters as to where I want to head my career in. Can I just jump on set with you guys and just do whatever? Yeah, and that's really effective because nine times out of ten, someone that reads that post is going to mm. be in exactly your boat. And yeah. they're going to be like, hey, you know, this is me. Do you want to, like, collaborate or something? That's it. And that's an option. But, you know, when I graduated high school, I didn't know about Facebook groups. I, To be honest, yeah. I think I just got Facebook when I graduated or something. I was yeah. a pretty late bloomer there. But, um, yeah, so, like, there's lots of options. It's just a matter of what option you know. Right. And for me, uni did the trick in direction and focus. So I'm happy with that. Yeah. Nice. So coming out of uni now, what are you doing now after the transition out of uni? Yeah. Uh, so as I said, I'm at a stage where I'm freelancing most days a week and that's through just corporate sort of run of the mill videography. Right. Uh, nothing I'd exactly put up for cinematography awards. Yep. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I'll pay the bills. Um, but on top of that, myself and my key group of creators. So I have, uh, I have a very close friend, director, editor and producer and between the four of us we've collaborated on a lot of short films music videos in the past and we're like hey we do this together all the time anyway why don't we start a production company and try and get paid for this nice so that's what we did we started a production company called pebble film and between the four of us we make a really good dynamic group because myself being a cinematographer and colorist uh, my friend being a director, you've got the editor and you've got a producer. We can make whatever we, yeah. we can make whatever we want to essentially between the four of us. So we started Pebble Film and uh, it was pretty shitty timing because we started that in the middle of coronavirus. <laughs> yes, the pandemic going on at the moment, yeah. if you haven't realized. <laughs> but like it was a matter of because we had been wanting to start this production company for like a year. It was in conversation for like a year. So when the coronavirus came around, it's like it's it wasn't like a oh, maybe we should wait. You know, we've waited this long, we should wait more. But it's like, no, we want to make shit. 
Yeah. Let's just start it, you know, and it's a partnership as well. It's not like we're paying monthly just to run the business. Like there's very small costs associated yeah. with starting a partnership. So that's what we did. Um, so, yeah, it was a pretty unfortunate timing. But the approach we're now taking, because we're still fairly new, we've only been operational for about two months or so. Okay. Um, the approach we're taking now is that we know our level of quality. We know what we can produce. But clients don't know that yet because there's yeah. very little we can show them that's like, hey, you know, this is for your product. Because we, we've done mostly creative works for ourselves. We haven't done many client-based, product-based content between the four of us. So what we're doing now and the approach we're very happy with is spec-based content. Now, for those who don't know what spec... Spec ad- means specular. It right. means speculative, meaning not real. So... We actually, just last year, at the end of last year, I shot between my friends and Pebble Film. It wasn't actually a Pebble Film production yet because it hadn't been launched, but it was the same people I have Pebble Film with. And we made a spec commercial for Dior, the the perfume company, a very big perfume company. And we we pulled in all the favors we could. We put all the money aside we could, and we spent about five and a half grand to make- to make yeah you were on that i was leslie was on that i was on yeah, that yeah yeah, yeah yeah helping out and lighting yeah, yeah that's yeah. it yeah so we <laughs> waving the color flag yeah, yeah. around yeah well I'll, I'll touch on that i was i was cinematographer for that and we pulled five and a half grand together to make a sort of like a majestic ethereal model underwater in this right. flowy dress with like all these colored lights it turned out around. beautiful by the way i yeah it, yeah, it worked out work. really well thank good you very work, much guys good work there's some things I'd change in hindsight, but you know, oh, I that's mean, always the case. Though you're you're creative, like you're always going to change yeah, yeah. things and update things, and and the point of it was spec. We had never done anything to this scale before. Yeah. It was it was like it looked high budget. The reason it was only five and a half, it should have been twenty grand. Yeah, if, absolutely. If that commercial was done by someone else, it would have been twenty grand if money had to go where it had yeah. to go. But because we called in favors, we got friends like yourself who were just yeah. keen to make content like us. We didn't pay ourselves. We tried to get the lowest price we could. We yeah. we went budget in some areas, but you know, obviously, still not detrimenting. A lot of handshakes. A lot of handshakes, but yeah. also just trying to, you know, like use the right gear for the job instead of just overdo it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in the lighting department, we overdid it, but oh, fully worth mate, it. Fully always, worth it. it's not the camera that, uh, for me. It's the lighting. The it's, lighting it's always is... the lighting. It's always the lighting. Absolutely. Spend the money on the lighting. Yeah. So that was a spec commercial. Dior did not commission that. Right. Dior has no idea it exists. Yeah. And you know what? That's okay because that film we made, we've been able to pitch that to some of our current Pebble clients and be yeah. like, hey, like this is the scale that we can do. And they love it. This is the quality of work that you can expect from us if you yeah, hire us. Exactly. So we've been able to use that as a pitching bargaining chip, right? Right. Um, so however, it's just one big budget thing. We can't use that to spend to pitch to lots of different paying clients. So what we're doing now is making more specs in the fashion world, the uh, beer brewing. Uh, Interesting. Beer, yeah, beer brewing has some really sexy commercials. So, I mean, it's Yeah, a good I mean, avenue. you get a dripping, you know, sexy bottle of beer. Oh. Yeah, it looks good. Mate, yeah, some I drink on that. it. Yeah. That's it. Oh, man, any day. <laughs> so we're, we're branching. Spray bottle. Well, yeah, that's, that's what it is. That's it, that's it. So- what I'm trying to say is we're branching into specs in different industries right now. Yeah. So that way in the next few months when we're finished all these specs, and yeah, we'll be a few thousand dollars out of pocket because yeah. they're specs. Not every client is paying for the expense of it. Some That's are, it. some aren't. 
but it's going to be worth it in the long run because in the next couple months when we've got like six or seven specs done, right? Yeah. We've got like six lined up at the moment. That's crazy. Crazy. It's going to be busy. It's going to be very yeah. busy because like when you think about it, these are six full-fledged productions that we're throwing everything at. Yeah. They're not these... They're not these quick little corporate videos. And I mean, if you can guys can handle that as a team mm. to collaborate, then you your your workflows will change over time throughout those six. Yeah, they'll you're develop. only going to get better and better. Definitely. So that's the other thing of the specs. We want to go through these specs and as a company, as individuals in the company that co-own it and run it together, after these six, seven specs, we're going to be like, okay, well, this is how we work well together. Yep. This is the process that works. This is the price that we need to be paid for mm. to compensate. This is the amount of time we put into it. And after those specs, we're going to hit the ground running hard. We're going to have a new showreel, new website, new content behind us that we can use yep. to pitch to real clients. And all of these specs are for real clients. That was, yep. the other, that was the other thing I'm going to reiterate. Like, it can be fantastic to, hey, buddy. I was going to truck them and hey, mate. <laughs> um, anyway, so the thing I want to iterate there is sometimes, yeah, you can spec for a company that has no idea you're doing the spec. But what we've done is we've actually contacted the clients personally and we're like, hey, we want to make you a spec. Yeah. So the differences that makes there is that we're actually working with a client under client expectations, under client budget sometimes, under client management, so that when we make these specs, they're not just pretty things that actually pieces of effective content for a real business and that can give us the experience needed yeah to know what clients want when they're sinking 10 grand into something right so yeah like i think just doing specs for real clients more often than not they're more than happy to get a free video yeah so i mean but you know you bring up a point point is that whilst you are doing this for free for some clients in that Next time that they want something done, they're going to come to you, hopefully, exactly. fingers crossed, because they know they know your workflow, they know the type of quality to expect, yep. um, and they don't have to uh, invest money in something that's a little risky. Exactly. And that's the other thing you lose out on if you don't do a spec for a real client. If you do a spec for a client that has no idea it exists, you then have to talk to that client and be like, hey, this is what we did for you, you have no idea about it. Yeah. And they're going to be like, oh, yeah, that's that's cool. And Thanks, then they might still go to someone else later. But if you make a yeah. spec for a real client and they're with you the whole stage, yeah, you make it for free. Yeah. But under the assumption, under the, not assumption, under the written agreement that, you know, yeah. this is a free video, but the next ones aren't. Yeah. And if they want another video because they see how damn good it is and how effective it is for their business, they come back to you. And then yeah. they pay because they know what you can do. And that, it's business. People in business want content want transactions that work well for the business yeah you don't get by in the business world by just handing out favors and receiving favors yeah it's a transaction of value and if we give them a value in the form of social media fire just something they can push everywhere for brand awareness they financially compensate it's yep. a transaction so just getting that spec done with them is just a really good uh position of faith in, in the short term yep. that just builds over time. So hopefully we want to retain a yeah. lot of those spec clients. Create the content that you want to get paid for. Yeah. And and that's partially why, because it was going to be very tricky for a new company yep. to ask 10, 15 grand cause, uh, from a client. Um, and luckily enough, we did get one of those pretty much straight nice. out of the bat, uh, which nice. was, we're all like, oh man, that was like super lucky. <laughs> but like we, we did get a client that paid us yep. in the ballpark of $15,000 for- nice two promotional videos now yep. that is what it should have cost 
what yeah. we gave them is what it should have cost. That's and it. we're a company where, you know, we're all filmmakers and we have experience freelancing and we've all done freelancing for a long time. We're now ready to take that next step and make the kind of content we want to be making. We're not making the content that is, oh, well, if they pay us this much, this is what we make. Yeah. We're going to be like, well, this is what we want to make and this, this is how much it's going to cost. Yeah. So we're really ready for that. So that's where these specs can really help. Nice. So that that's that's what we're doing at the moment. So next few months are going to be pretty busy. Yeah. After that, you know, hopefully it's busy and financially compensated. Who knows? All right, guys, I'm going to wrap this podcast up. I'm going to have three questions. First question is uh, after everything you've done, what would you change and why? Hmm. Um, I mean, there's not, okay, yeah, the main thing I would change, and I mean, it's easier said than done, I guess, but mentality. Right. I, for a while, and partially credited to why I was broke for so long trying to get into freelancing, is because my head was not fully into go, go, go. It was like, wait, 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 and then maybe get a job. Wait, wait, wait. I was lazy. And sometimes I can still be lazy. Everyone gets that. But if I could change anything, it would be the mentality on, Seth, you want this? Go goddamn get it. Nice. From the start, like first year of uni, whatever, before uni. It's- Going hard. Going hard, going fast. And I'm not saying like kill yourself trying to get work. Yeah. There's a balance you're going to have. There's a balance. You always want to balance because at the end of the day, you know, this, you don't live for the work. You work to live. Yes. And that's something very recently I've started practicing, I guess. Um, so no, I'd say I'd say mentality, just really going hard with what I wanted. Because at the end of the day, if you if you know what you want, you should go goddamn hard for it. Yeah. You shouldn't be lazy. No one's just going to give what you want a silver platter. Like, hey, you no. have to work exactly. And and times and I get a bit of imposter syndrome sometimes because sometimes you have situations that feels like you get handed something on a silver platter. Yeah. Sometimes it really does. Like, oh hey, uh, we're going to pay you fifteen thousand dollars for this video out of nowhere. Because that it. happened. Yeah. And I'm like. Wow, that just feels like I got handed that on a silver platter. Yeah. But the thing is... Are we worth that amount? Yeah, because I've worked for years before this point. Yeah. I would not have been offered that if no. I was lazy through uni. I would not have been offered that That's if I it. didn't have the content to prove. So, it, yeah, I mean, you you deserve what comes to you because you got to work for it. Yeah. 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 So, that's cool. my answer. Uh, second question, what's your favorite film? Okay. The infamous question that every filmmaker is judged upon the answer. Bum, bum, bum. This is where I say something <laughs> like, uh, this is where I say something like The Departed or uh, Seven. Yeah. All great films, but I'd say most, one of the most pleasurable watches for me. I might give a couple answers. Yeah, just ring off. Bam, bam, one bam, of the bam. most pleasurable watches for me would have to be one of the Kung Fu Pandas. Oh. I know that's not a very filmy response, but oh, it's a hey, great man, look, watch for me. It's got great it, storytelling. If you enjoy it, by all means. Exactly. But a recent favorite film of mine that I was absolutely fell in love with, American Animals. What's that one? I haven't heard that. American Animals is, it's actually about a year and a bit old, I think. I hadn't watched it until okay. recently, but American Animals is a bunch of, a group, a small group of college students over in the US about 15 years ago or something okay. like that. Real, real story, by the way, based oh, on real story. Awesome. Real story. And, real stories. and the film merges documentary with with reenactment. It's really cool. Oh. It's very cool format. But basically, four students like 15 years ago uh, had this plan to steal the world's most valuable book in a library down the road from them because it was very minimal security. It was like $15 million book. 
As obviously, there is. <laughs> what's that? As there is. Oh yeah, expensive book. Fifteen million. Damn. Obviously, they fail, but that's not a plot twist because it's in the trailer. But it's the film is basically when I watched it at the end of it, I'm just like, that film looks like a bunch of filmmakers got together and they were just like, what's all the things we've ever wanted to do nice. in a film? Like, what kind of quality do we want to do? What's the most creative transitions? What's the most creative way to go about a film? Let's just chuck it all in this film. And it worked out flawlessly. Dude, you sold me. I need to watch it. It's a good film. It's a good film. <laughs> I'll watch it again real soon. Uh, so, last question. Uh, where can we find you on social media? Uh, yep. So, you can... Oh, I thought you were about to say something. No, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you can find me at Labrie's, at Labrie's Film. Uh, that's my Instagram handle. I've been pretty lazy on Instagram lately, though. So Man, you got to get on Instagram. Yeah, because like Instagram's mostly my photography channel. Because like I, I'll do a lot of fun photography on top of my cinematography. But I've been very lazy on socials lately. Yeah. It won't be like that for much longer. Um, otherwise, you can follow my production company at Pebble Film. Nice. All links will be in the description below, guys. Uh, also, don't forget to subscribe to the Creative Red Studios channel. Check out creativeredstudios.com. Uh, and follow this podcast on Spotify and iTunes. That's right. It's on those platforms now. Yeah. Thank God. That's, uh, that's <laughs> mighty official. That's it. It's official. It's all on their branding and all. Uh, but thank you guys so much for listening. And uh, I shall see you guys in the next episode. Thank you. See you. Bye. Soon.